Shall we begin? Let's begin. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Riley McGree with a scorpion kick. Two nil. Connor McCarthy. What a hit from Cameron Devlin. Finally, Nathaniel Atkinson. They've got that second goal, and it's with a first touch for Tilio. This is the Soccer Who's podcast, the show all about Australian football as we look to unearth the next generation of Socceroos who will one day wear the green and gold. Welcome back to this episode of the Soccer Who's podcast and a special welcome to the 70,000 people who now know that the A-League exists. Of course, this is a podcast all about the future of Australian football and this is the place where you'll hear us talk about players such as Nestor Irankunda, players such as Garang Kowal, players like Renault Piscopo. What a week of football it's been. We've had the A-League All-Stars We've had a chance to chat to Jordan Courtney Perkins as well. And it's just been announced this morning, the Socceroos squad that will hopefully take us to the World Cup. James does not know the squad. I know it. So we're going to reveal that to him in just a second. But let's kick the show off, do some admin. We've got some correspondence on the pod. Some people have reached out to us and we love it. You can get in touch with us at any time. Instagram, TikTok. Twitter, even by our email, at SoccerWho'sPod are our handles on those social platforms and SoccerWho'sPod at gmail.com. But I, I put up a link to the Jordan Courtney Perkins interview on the A-League subreddit, just saying, hey, if you're interested in hearing about some of the under-23s players we've recently chatted with, Camp Upion and Jordan Courtney Perkins, this is one of my favorite bits of feedback of all time, I think. I love the podcast. It's got me through so many hours of cleaning and other mundane tasks. Keep it up. So if you're listening to this cleaning right now, glad that we can be company. Keep it up. Those vacuum cleaners. So is that a bit of a sore point for you? Mate, literally it's a sore point. Yeah, James is having to go to the doctor tomorrow because there was a bit of an incident related to a vacuum cleaner. They're dangerous. You won't be listening to this podcast doing any cleaning anytime soon, will you? No, I think I have to retire from vacuuming. It's just gotten too dangerous. Um, have to put my family first now and put down my uh, proud and illustrious vacuuming career. Yeah, it's a it's a disappointing moment in anyone's career when they have to give up the vacuuming, but it is what it is. That was a, at least I stole the show who who sent that in as well as Sydney two thousand. Uh, I think the official Sydney Olympics two thousand on Reddit uh, says I've been listening every week. Really enjoy it. Heaps of talent flying under the radar, so it's cool to hear about who to look for, particularly with the Asian Cup. Obviously, the name of the podcast is skewed towards the Socceroos, uh, but the young Matildas have been in camp ahead of the under twenty World Cup in August. Might be interesting to give that a couple of minutes as well. I think it's probably fair to say that we know a fair bit more about men's football. We don't have as much to offer in terms of insight. But that being said, if someone out there has some information, we'd love to hear it because exactly. I, I love getting around the Tillies. And of course, we've most recently seen some Tillies slips from silverware over in Europe. Exactly. Yeah. I'd be open to a female football correspondent because frankly, I don't quite have the time of day to be able to focus on even this show by itself. So to be able to spread it out a little bit more, it's not going to happen. So if Someone wants to get in touch with a female football correspondent. We'll see what we can negotiate. Moving over to Anchor, which is the platform that we publish this show through. I just asked, who makes your squad for the upcoming World Cup qualifier? We had Trent say Jake Brimmer. He just won the Johnny Warren Award, best player in the A-League. And definitely an interesting decision, I think, for Johnny Warren because many people are saying that the likes of Craig Goodwin should have received it. 
But I think Jake Brimmer has been fantastic and definitely within the conversation, as we've said before in this pod, our midfield for the Socceroos is stacked. And I don't know if he warrants a, a call up on debut, even though he's had a fantastic season. We've got such depth in our midfield that I just don't know whether that's the right thing to do. You obviously still don't know the squad, so... Well, I think looking at the Melbourne Victory squad, he's the most deserving player. Definitely the best 24-year-old in the Melbourne Victory squad, and I'd say the best player on the squad this season. You love that 24-year-old. <laughs> I do. It's a great bit. <laughs> the other one on Anchor, Varelli, says he enjoyed the show last week. Interesting squad selection. Can't believe neither of you picked Jean Roux. Arguably the best season of any Aussie. Two strikers is too few in a 25-man squad. Definitely need QL off the bench. What do you make of that? Uh, I think Denny jean has had a mighty fine season, uh, but I think when you look at the role he plays, I don't think he unseats someone like Christich, who I think has a bit more experience and is arguably a better player at this point in his career, or Tommy Rogic, where you have that kind of leadership, you have that know-how of what these big games look like. So for me, that's why jean didn't make my squad. He was very close, and he certainly deserves to be in the conversation, so it's great that we've brought him up, but... I just don't think he's quite there in this kind of a game. I think calling him up in the last camp, phenomenal decision. Great to see him get that call up finally, but not for this camp. In terms of striking options, I think two is okay, personally. I think when you have versatility with your wingers, when I look at players that I've called up, like Martin Boyle, who's spent time at the nine, like Atilio, who's spent time as kind of a false nine. You have enough versatility in your front line to be able to shift players around. So I can understand that. Um, in terms of Kual, I presume he's alluding to Garang as Lou hasn't had a great season. I think it's just a bit early for a Socceroos call-up. Fair enough. I would agree with you. I had both Boyle and Leckie in the squad who have spent time in that nine position. I think two is okay. I understand it, and I wouldn't be against calling up one of the Kowals, either Alu or, or Garang, probably more so Garang because of the confidence that he was playing with the other night against Barcelona. But we only listed a 25-man squad. The Socceroos have announced, I can reveal this to you now, a 29-man squad. Ooh. So a third striker in that, if I had to pick 29. Definitely a third striker. Exactly. Finally, last bit of correspondence on Instagram. I put up both our squads that we selected. You can check out our Instagram at Pod, And... We've got Damien Davies, a long-time listener of the show. I say long-time. We've only done 25 episodes, but he's been there from the beginning. We appreciate the support. He said, great podcast, guys. Lots of interesting discussion points around squad compositions. He would like to see Cummings and Luongo in the starting 11. I think that would be a fascinating starting 11. I'm not against it. I think Cummings should start. Um, personally, I think Mas Luongo isn't quite starting 11 quality anymore, but from an experience point of view, there is an argument to be made for Maslongo. So it's a very intriguing proposition, but I have a feeling as I'm saying this, isn't very likely looking at the lead up to the squads. Jason Cummings saying he hasn't been contacted at all by Graham Arnold and Maslongo's career so far under Graham Arnold. I don't think we'd see either of them personally in my prediction. So There you go. You may well be right. I'll reveal that to you in just a little bit. Last thing I'll quickly address, James Short. I'm pretty sure he's a Melbourne Victory fan because... Under the squad that I posted, he says, Jason Garius surely makes it. And to jog your memory, the squad that I chose had both Atkinson and Risden in the right back position in the 25-man squad. And so I simply asked, would you have him instead of Risden or Atkinson? I think there's maybe an argument to make about Risden, 
I don't think Atkinson, you can question his position within the squad because he is our best right back, I think, at this point in time. And James Short says, even though I'm a victory fan, I'm not biased. I think he deserves to be there over Atkinson. I don't agree with that, James, but each their own. That's the beauty of football, right? It is. Um, in terms of that, I'd agree in your statement that there is an argument to be made when you're comparing a Jason Garrier with a Josh Risden. I think Nathaniel Atkinson's at this point of his career a shoo-in now for the squad with the way he's been playing. The level that he's playing at the as well. I think it's at. easier to compare two A-League level right backs and make comparisons because they're playing in the same league. But yeah, I, I still think you pick a Risden with his versatility and how he could play in the different kinds of back four he's played combined with his experience as well. I would say Garia, you also have to consider while he has played well, how much of that is due to his ability versus the level of the squad he is in. I think Tony Popovich has had a large impact in the quality of that back four for Melbourne victory. So I don't know if it would necessarily translate to the national team, but certainly an interesting argument for Jason Garrier. Yeah, certainly a fascinating one. Let's not delay this any further. I know that you're just buzzing to find out who has made this Socceroos squad. I'm going to go through it and let's hear your reactions. I'm going to reveal the Socceroos squad for the first time to you, James, right now. In goals, it's where we always start. Matt Ryan has made the squad. Good. Danny Vukovic has made the squad. Possible. Andrew Redmayne has made the squad. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Andrew Redmayne famously conceding an absolute gift of a goal to Barcelona the other night in the A-League All-Stars. He's had many famous gifts to strikers this year in the A-League. Wow. Over Birigidi. Over Birigidi. I, I agree. Very questionable. Over Bir- Birigidi's been the, the best keeper in the league for me this year. Oh, I, I would 100% agree with you. And wow. He's clearly in there as one of Graham's squad players because there's no way he's getting game time. He's there for the vibes, I would say. Well, Graham Arnold needs someone to talk to on the bench, so make, <laughs> I think it's uh, it, it's an interesting um, selection based on that front. Wow, <laughs> Andrew Redmayne. Oh, wow. All right, let let's move on. That's wow. Well, I'll just quickly say that we both picked Birigidi and Young as the backup two keepers. I don't mind Vukovic. I agree with you. Redmayne, I don't think deserves to be there. Moving to centre backs, he's picked four or five, depending on how you look at it. I would say that. His best position is at a centre-back, this fifth player. But on the official squad list, he was listed as a midfielder. I'm, of course, talking about Gianni Stensness. He's in the squad. You've got Bailey Wright, Kai Rolls, Milos Degenek, and Trent Sainsbury. Not surprising at all. I appreciate the versatility of his Stensness. I don't think quality-wise he is there yet, but I can appreciate his versatility in the squad. Kai Rolls... You said at last episode you'd prefer to see someone like Sakati brought in because mm. he's probably not going to play and you'd rather have Sakati in the squad than someone like Kai Rolls, even though he's had a fantastic season. Yeah, Kai Rolls, exactly. I've been mulling over Kai Rolls a bit this week because I've seen some interesting takes. You've just had some downtime this week and you, you, you sit on a park bench and twiddle your thumbs and think about Kai Rolls. I, I have been because I've been thinking about who has higher upside at this point in the career. Between? Kai Rolls or Daniel Hall? Yeah, I have seen some interesting takes about that as well. Kai Rolls hasn't actually been capped yet. He's in the squad and has been in the squad, but yet to see match minutes. But 
because of his previous experience in the youth setup, I imagine that some would say that he is the more experienced one. Unfortunately, Dan Hall is injured. You know that I have a bit of a soft spot, I would say, for Dan Hall. And I would have loved to see him in the squad. I don't think he is within our top four or top five centre-backs at this point in time. I think maybe next World Cup cycle, you could maybe see him. I think he still has to take his game up a gear. I definitely agree. But the reason that it is interesting to me is, has Dan Hall been the better centre-back for Central Coast Mariners so far this year? If he has been, the Kyrolls inclusion becomes a bit more interesting when you add that context, especially when it's now the third camp for Kyrolls, I believe. And he still hasn't got a cap. He could have been capped two camps ago, a few minutes, have that experience. And then Graham Arnold has the flexibility to go, oh, I can call in another young Australian and give them that experience for that last centre-back spot that is incredibly unlikely to see meaningful game minutes. Yeah, totally agree. Moving to right-back, there have been two right-backs named in this squad. The first one, Nathaniel Atkinson. Great pick, great selection. The second right-back that has been selected. You called it Frank Karacic. Wait, so through omission, Ryan Grant is not in the Graham Arnold squad. I know, Ryan Grant is not in the squad. Based on his performance in the A-League All-Stars match the other night, I think that's one of the best decisions that Graham Arnold could have made. He looked so out of his depth. And I did say this last week, I don't think Frank Karacic has been playing wonderfully recently, but like you so aptly put, he is a player that gives you something different to Atkinson. Atkinson is a wingback, likes to push high. Karacic is more comfortable sitting. He can push up if he has to, but he does like to sit a little bit deeper and can give us something different if we have to see out the game. So Atkinson and Karacic are your two right backs. I'll go to left back because he's picked three. Okay. Joel King. Great pick. As is Bayich. Possible. Jason Davidson. Interesting. What I find fascinating about that is that between the two of us, we chose three left backs and they're all in this squad. That's really interesting. I think Joel King is making the final squad. And I think what that shows is Graham Arnold wants, as is Baird and Jason Davidson, to have a bit of a duel throughout training in the upcoming fixtures, maybe the friendly against Jordan. They'll get a half each and we'll see which one is more likely to have game minutes potentially in the next two games. Moving into midfield, you've got Johnny Stensness who can play as a six. You then also have seven players okay. in this midfield. You've got, in alphabetical order, Kenny Dougal. Great selection. Deserved. Denny jean Rue. Fair. Good call. Aiden Frustich makes the squad. Shoe in. Jackson Irvine makes the squad. Shoe in. Riley McRee makes the squad. Shoe in. Aaron Moy and Tom Rogic make the squad. Experienced. I like it. I like that squad. Um, James Yego may feel a bit hard done by being dropped essentially for Gianni Stensness in the eyes of Graham Arnold. Uh, Mass Luongo doesn't feature either, um, which I think is a bit unfortunate after the stellar season he had. Overall, midfield is a position of great strength for us, and I think that's a very, very good squad. I think it's very clear that Kenny Dougal, Gianni Stensness are our two sixes and will play as our two sixes throughout these hopefully three fixtures for the Socceroos. I say hopefully because it may only be two fixtures if we slip up against the UAE. But I think it's a very good squad in terms of the midfield. So credit to Graham Arnold there. 
very rare that you hear praise from James about Graham Arnold, but there you go. Moving forward, there are nine players listed as attackers. That's a lot. That is a lot. By my calculation, there are four strikers. That is an awful lot and leads me to make a few guesses, if I may. Before you make those guesses, let's go to the wingers first. Martin Boyle is in the squad at right wing. Yep, simple decision. Good. Matt Leckie is in the squad. Experience, fair. Depending on where you play him, Alma Bill is in the squad, whether he's right wing or left wing. Interesting. Craig Goodwin is in the squad. Good selection. Wait. Mar- oh. Marco Tilio oh, mate. is in the squad. I was about to get worried. I thought you weren't going to say Tilio for a moment there. No. So those are the five wingers. Boyle, Goodwin, Leckie, Mabil, and Tilio. You've got Leckie and Boyle who can, as we said earlier, play in that nine. So you could maybe say at a stretch that we've got six strikers in this squad. Now, these four strikers that Arnold has chosen, Jamie McLaren and Adam Taggart. I think they are the least surprising. The other two strikers, Mitchell Duke, Nick D'Agostino. Oh, man. Wow. Not a fan of that. Uh, I think Nicholas D'Agostino has a lot of room to grow in his game. I think... His positioning is hot and cold. And while he is playing with a lot of confidence, I just don't think he is Socceroos quality yet. And when I look at this, like Mitchell Duke, okay, he gives you something different. That's fair. And he's a very good player, I think, on his day. Uh, He'll be very, very useful in game against Peru especially, I believe. He'll be, have a role to play if we can get there, uh, especially off the bench in terms of his size and his ability to win the ball in the air. But when you call up two A-League strikers and it doesn't even feature the best Australian A-League striker in Jason Cummings, I think you've missed the mark. I'd agree with you. I think that Cummings will be bitterly disappointed to miss out on this squad, especially if we don't go on to qualify for the World Cup because I think he's been the best striker that we've had. He was fantastic in the All-Stars game, in my opinion, linked up the play really nicely. And we know that he can perform when it counts. I'll be fascinated to see how McLaren goes in the A-League Grand Final because there is a little bit of a reputation that he has that he goes missing in big games. And as much as I'd like him to prove me wrong, That reputation is there because it's what happens. He scores goals, plenty of them in the A-League, against the smaller sides, against some of the sides further up the table. He tends to go missing, and we see it also in World Cup qualifiers. Against Vietnam, he can score a header, but in the games where it matters, we've yet to see him really show that he is the talisman of the Socceroos squad. So I'll be fascinated to see who starts, whether we opt for a striking partnership with two up top. I don't know. I think not having someone like a Fornaroli or a Cummings, we're less likely to see that. We're more likely to see a single striker. But 
Yeah, real strange one for me. In football, in the modern football game, and I'm talking post-1992 Premier League era founded, tactical evolution really starts to happen a lot quicker. Previously in football, it happened decade by decade. You see the game grow. And after the Premier League installation, which I think is more just correlation rather than causation, but it's definitely the market for when modern football started to happen. Tactical evolution happened quicker. And we saw very quickly how poachers became irrelevant in the modern systems. And poachers are lethal in lower levels of competition. When you look around the world in England, you have phenomenal poachers up to League One, but they don't translate once you get higher than that. In Germany, you have phenomenal poachers from the Bundesliga 3. They don't translate into Bundesliga 2. In France, you have phenomenal poachers slightly higher up until you probably get to the bottom of Ligue 1, but they struggle against the top sides. And it's the same when you go from the A-League to the world stage or even to the Asian Champions League. Poachers struggle because they can get marked out of the game very quickly and very easily as central defensive midfielders and centre-backs improve. And at this point in his career, Nicolas D'Agostino is a poacher. He hasn't diversified his game enough. And Jamie McLaren has always been a poacher, and that's why it never worked for him overseas, and it hasn't worked for him really in the national side, except for when you play, with all due respect, the minnows of the Asian game. So to call up two of them over a player like Jason Cummings, over a player like Bruno Fornaroli, who I will say shouldn't have been called up over Jason Cummings initially anyway in the last cab. That decision looks even worse now with him being dropped. You have greatly reduced your ability to hold the ball in and around the edge of the box, to hold up the play, unless Adam Taggart or Mitchell Duke are playing. So it's really, really worrying, I think, because UAE are going to sit deep, I think. I think UAE are going to try and hit us really quickly in the counter. So we're going to need a striker that can hold up the play, that has elite level positioning and movement off the ball to influence our wingers and get them involved. Because wingers struggle against a deep, low block when a striker isn't carving out space for them. And Jamie McLaren and Nicholas D'Agostino, they both just sit on the shoulder of the last defender and wait. And I think that's going to really hurt us if they feature, to be honest. I don't think they're good enough to play for Australia. And I don't think they have the versatility in their game to play prominent minutes for Australia in big games. I think you could argue for a Nicholas D'Agostino, who's young, who's hungry, to come off the bench and play the last 10 minutes when legs are tired, marking becomes more difficult. But at this point of his career, Jeff McLaren, I think it's oh, it should be over for him in the Australian national side. His last month in year league has been incredibly poor after coming back from the Asian Champions League. He had a poor Asian Champions League showing. Now he struggled in the A-League. And it's shown in Melbourne's results how much they have dropped off in terms of their ability to really pin the opposition down. So that's really disappointing because Jason Cummings gives something their Socceroos haven't had in a long time in their number nine position. And you have the opportunity to get that 
and for whatever reason, he just hasn't been selected. And you put out a tweet about this because we know that a 50-man shortlist goes out for every camp. 50 players. Jason Cummings should be in the top 50 for the Socceroos. He should be. But he said he's had no contact from the Australian national team. No contact from Arnold, which means he's, Arnold doesn't even view him in the top 50. Yeah, obviously, the last round of World Cup fixtures, the whole Curtis Good debacle because they wanted to call him up, but he wasn't on that initial list. And even just chatting with Jordan in the last episode, he knew that he was within a chance of being called up to the junior squad. So these lists do exist. They publish them to the players and the clubs, I guess, because they'll have to release them. But for Cummings not to have heard anything means that he's not on that list. He's not even worth the time of day to give him a call. I don't know whether Arnie just doesn't have his number or what the case is, but it's really baffling to me. I know that we talk a lot about Jason on this show. It's because we think that he's a fantastic footballer. Do I think that he is the answer to all our problems within the soccer squad? Definitely not. But he would go a long way, I think, in helping diversify the way in which we play, which is not something we've seen a lot of under Arnold diversification. It's generally plan A, and if it's not plan A, it's we'll put a centre-back up at striker. <laughs> but I think now we have to get behind them. We have to support them. And we want to be going to the World Cup. And for us to miss out would be a travesty. I'll quickly go through the ins and outs of the squad. Davidson, back in the squad after a long time of not featuring. Degenek, back after injury, I believe. Kenny Dougal returns as a reward for his fine form. Craig Goodwin, his wife had COVID or COVID scare last round, and so he missed out, but he's back in the squad. Riley McGree is back. Aaron Moy is back in the squad. Adam Taggart, after being injured for quite a while. That means that Ben Falami misses out from the last round. Bruno Fornaroli misses out. Ryan Grant misses out. James Jago and then McGowan and Wilkinson, which were called up as injury replacements for Degenek, I believe. That's the squad. That's the 29 players that have been selected by Graham Arnold. There's really only, I think, one bigger mission and then one bad selection in this squad because I think the rest are okay selections, really. I think there's arguments he made, but the Andrew Redmayne is a howler and the omission of Jason Cummings is very poor. But apart from those two, I think it's actually quite a good squad, quite a solid squad. And I think we have a very good chance coming up against UAE. I think we, if especially if Adam Taggart is fit and ready to go, I think that'll make a huge difference. So I'm looking forward to this, mate. I think it will be a, a really exciting camp and I'm very hopeful that we're going to go three for three. Me too. We've got a friendly against Jordan this Thursday morning Australian time, 4am. And then the following week on Wednesday, the 8th of June at 4am, it's the do or die match against UAE. I think I'm going to be working both those dates. So James, you might have to take over the live tweeting of the match, which could be dangerous because I know how passionate you get. <laughs> and maybe you'll just have to sign your name at the end of each one so that people know that it's, it's you Me. as opposed to our shared views. To finish off this episode, I want to quickly just touch on the A-League All-Stars game. 
it was fascinating, the discourse around the game before, during, and after. And I think that the Australian A-League players, for the most part, proved themselves against some of the biggest names in the world. I'm specifically talking about Nestri Irankunda. I'm talking about Garang Kowal. Renault Piscopo as well, I think, had a fantastic game. If the world is watching, they put on a good show. And it would have been so good to see Kowal score that goal. He went oh so close a couple of times. Exactly. There were two of them from memory. One where he just had to dink the keeper and it went just wide. would have been crazy. The crowd would have gone wild. And that would have taken them, I believe. 3-1 up. 3-1 up, which kind of changes the game. And then another one where he hit the post. So I think he did himself... A great service by playing really well in that game. And credit to Dwight York. I don't know whether there was a contractual thing where all players had to get on the pitch. I believe that was the case. But it was still great to see them given so much game time. For sure. And we spoke about it a few weeks ago that if you do do an All-Stars, it should very much feature the Rising Stars. And it was great to see it. And it shows just how important it was to feature the Rising Stars because the positive press... I know people in my personal life that don't watch the A-League, that watch this game and watch a player like Grant Kewal and went, wow, he's good. And now I'm interested in watching some A-League games. There you go. So it shows that we have to feature the Rising Stars because they weren't interested in the J.O.J.'s. They weren't interested in those kind of old players that have come over while they are phenomenal players. What they were interested by is the young, upcoming talent to show, hey, Australian football has life to it. So I would say... Based on my anecdotal experience, the All-Star Game was a success. I know I've been critical of the format in previous episodes of this show, and it's probably because I'm a little bit of a footballing purist. I think the concept of the All-Stars fixture, it's not my favourite, but if it's what attracts the young Australian football fans who are playing FIFA and then they say to their parents, hey, can we go watch Barcelona play when they're in Australia? I think the key is converting those grassroots young football fans as opposed to trying to draw the quote-unquote Euro snobs. Shadow of Meanie. <laughs> yeah, Mustafa Amini in the, oh, in the crowd. Not a good look. Yeah, what did you make of that, actually? Mustafa Amini, if you missed it, was in the crowd with a Barcelona kit on, despite, I guess he's off contract, so he's not necessarily an A-League player. But it would have been nice to see him supporting the A-League boys, at least in his attire. Yeah, it's really not a good look from Mustafa Amini. I mean, everyone is expecting him to have a phenomenal season. I still believe he had a pretty darn good season, but when the expectation is high and you don't meet it, and then you show up <laughs> in a Barca journey, it's not really good for the optics of him in the public eye, especially for the, well, the A-League fans, because realistically, I think that's his level now. Wow. I would still take him at the raw. I think his hair with the orange kit, would look beautiful. It would look stunning, I'd say. But I agree with you that his personal image may have been damaged, might not have been. We're probably reading way too much into this. The thing is, had he been there and not wearing a basket, just was wearing a regular jumper, I think it would have been fine. Yeah. But it just looks a bit strange for someone who might be wanting to play A-League football next season to not support the league. But each to their own. I want to also just quickly address... The Dolan Warren Awards were the other night. We already spoke about Jake Brimmer, but another player that I just wanted to quickly highlight, Angus Thurgate, young footballer of the year. I think it's easy to forget how young he is. Been around for a while, it feels. Yeah, it is. And really unfortunate for him that he's injured at the moment because 
I think being given the title of the best young footballer in the league, I think it would be fair to say that he was probably going to be included in the under-23 squad who are currently in Uzbekistan. Yeah, a really big miss for them. Uh, Angus Dagate, a phenomenal young player and would have, I think, started every game in the sixth position if not for an injury. He's a great young player and it's it's sad. It is sad because I was looking forward to it. Hopefully, he still earns a move overseas because I think he deserves it. I would love to see him maybe in, a, in one of the Scandinavian leagues, down to like a Belgium kind of league or even the Scottish league joining his fellow Australians. I think... A move for him would do him wonders because I think he has a lot of growing potential still. And I think we could see the kind of astronomical leap from him that we saw from Cameron Devlin this year. Speaking of transfers, mate, I've now looked through the Socceroo squad in the on the official website now that I know it. Uh, and it's interesting because I've noticed Trent Sainsbury is listed as uncontracted. Tom Rogic, of course, listed as uncontracted, as is Bayic listed as uncontracted. And Alwyn Bill also listed as uncontracted. There's been reports that Alwyn Bill is signing a deal with La Liga club Cadiz CF. So, is on the move. But three Socceroos uncontracted. Be interesting to see where they go. Yeah, this is their opportunity in the shop window, right? To really show what they can do, whether they still got it. And I'm sure they don't need the extra motivation. But I guess it's a little bit of extra spice on top because they want to be playing well for their nation, but then also for the next step in their career. And while we're on transfers, may as well highlight the other two transfers that happened this week. Mo Toure, we of course knew he was off to France. We've now learned his club, and he's actually moving with Adelaide teammate Yaya Dukouli, going off to Stade de Roms in France's Ligue 1. Yeah, massive move for them. I can imagine they'll most likely be loaned out this season, maybe the next season. But as we've said, that pipeline from the A-League, getting match minutes to overseas, I'm hoping for big things for both of them. And something I really like about this move, especially speaking to Jordan Courtney Perkins, like you did earlier on in the week, he highlighted that it was a bit difficult adjusting to culture, making new friends, especially when there was that language barrier. So it's really good to see two young Australians moving to the same club who already know each other and will aid in that transition. Yeah, 100%. Confidence is a big thing for young footballers. And when you're having to adjust to everything, being new, new lifestyle, living out of home, most likely for the first time, having to learn a new language, not knowing anyone else can make that transition really, really difficult. And we were chatting with Jordan and, it has been a difficult year for him, but I have every confidence that next year he'll really find his form. And I think for both of these young guys moving from Adelaide to France, I'm hoping that they get loaned out to the same club, if I'm honest, because that'll really aid them. But it's good to see that we've got talent moving overseas. That'll be it for this episode. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you can get in contact with us on our socials at Soccer Who's Pod. Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Our email, soccerwhospod at gmail.com. You'll hear from us within this next week. A lot of football will be happening, both the under-23s and the Socceroos, and we'll be all across it, at least to the best of our ability. Thanks for listening. Until then, we'll catch you next week.